Welcome to Strange Talk. Hello, strangers. Welcome to another edition of This Week in Crime. Uh, this Week in Crime is usually a midweek thing. I'm going to try to do it every week or so. Try to keep up with it where I bring interesting news, crime stories to you. Uh, this is kind of just like a little mid thing going on. So it's going to be releasing every Wednesday for the new listeners that don't know. It's a fairly new thing that I just recently started. Um, I try to, uh, it's just basically me rambling about certain things going on in the week. I'm going to be, it's also a good way if you're not following me on Instagram at strange talk podcast, because usually on my Instagram is where I post updates about the next episode that I'm going to be working on. But if you just like to purely just listen to the audio and the sweet, sweet, sexy sound of my sick voice because I am still sick, um, I actually feel a little bit better today than I did yesterday. But it doesn't take too much energy for me to just sit here and speak into a microphone. So, um, yeah, I guess to get things started, uh, how you guys doing? Did you guys listen to the conspiracy theory? I don't know, because I feel like conspiracy theories don't really do that well. Um, I mean, it's gotten a pretty good amount of listeners, uh, at least a, a pretty good amount of downloads. So I can't really say, but I think the worst episode that I've, other than my first two episodes of the podcast, <laughs> the first two episodes are not doing that well. <laughs> and that's okay, because that was like when I first started um, podcasting and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I just wanted to try it out. Uh, I just, I, I, I used to be called the rant <laughs> and it was just going to be me rambling and ranting about certain things going on in my life or like just about things that I don't like either about a movie in particular or something. But I just, I don't know. I didn't really like that. I found uh, like true crime stories and everything more fascinating. Plus, I was like, which I still am. I'm really into this podcast um, called uh, The Last Podcast on the Left. I fucking love them. They're <laughs> super funny. They're just a really good podcast to listen to. So if you're interested in looking for another true crime podcast, go ahead and look up um, Last Podcast on the Left. They're really, really funny. They're way bigger than any other podcasts that I know of. Except for like maybe Mark Maron or something, but and Joe Rogan. But if you want to look for like an interesting take on true crime, you know, give them a listen. They're they're really good. Uh, so anyways, like so, I just decided to just stick with true crime and, and everything because I don't know. I find stories like that very fascinating. The world we live in with people, we we tend to like to have to we tend to trust people. But we don't really know what's going on inside one's head. <laughs> and so just, I just have a morbid fascination with it and stuff like that. I, I used to want to be a detective, probably work in like homicide or maybe work with like um, child victims. But I don't know if I would do that one because I don't know if I'd be able to like handle that, knowing like what a particular person did to like their family member or because. Um, doing a lot of research, um, for, uh, the recent episode I put out, which is the conspiracy theories of Pizzagate and Elsagate, I did a lot of research and I found out that, uh, with pedophilia and everything, uh, 
majority of the victims are actually molested by family members, whether it be a father or an uncle. It's people that they know and people that they trust, which I think is something that not a lot of people tend to take into account. Maybe now because we're more aware of it. Maybe now because we, we just know more about it. Um, most of the victims that are molested are, are not molested by a stranger. They're actually molested by a close family member because it's a person that they trust. So they're more easily susceptible to being victimized because it's say if it's an uncle or say if it's a, a father, they're basically manipulating them with their trust. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. Uh, but hopefully you guys enjoy the information that I did provide you of Pizzagate and Elsagate. There wasn't really all that much. I mean, other than the fact that um, I don't think I really mentioned it in the episode, but they did blame. They didn't blame, but they did say that Hillary Clinton is a part of it, um, that she's kind of like not the mastermind, but she's kind of like because she's so such in high ranking and high power that she's the one that's providing all the like money per se, I guess one would say. But just there, there's another podcast that I was listening to. I believe they're called the Witching Hour podcast or Wickedly Weird podcast. One of those podcasts. Oh my goodness, I can't remember. I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm looking it up. Um, but they they did an episode about um, Bill Clinton. Well, the Clintons, and it was an episode about how Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are basically kind of like seeped in controversy when it comes to like people disappearing that have worked for them and people dying in strange ways like there was one i guess it was alleged that um i think it was a secretary or an assistant i mean they're the same thing aren't they uh was having an affair with bill clinton and um she, she got fired i think is what they said she got fired and when she she had sent an email to either an email or she sent a letter because it was in the 90s so i don't really think email was a big thing late 90s was a big thing so i think this happened like maybe 90 between 92 and 95 i think is when it happened and she was pregnant apparently and she was alleging that it may be bill clinton's child and so mysteriously, they said she, they found her and she had committed suicide. But the autopsy report shows that she took two bullets to the back of the head. <laughs> and nobody, I mean, I'm sure there's people that like question it, but nobody really says anything about it today. It's kind of just, I, maybe it's just not a lot of people are aware of it. But how, how are you going to commit suicide and, you know, have two shots to the back of the head? That's that's just fucking weird to just have have that. Um, so yeah, let's get on with uh, this week in crime. I'm gonna start with this story first because it actually just was reported today, which is I'm recording this on Tuesday and it'll be available on Wednesday tomorrow. Um, so it was just um, it's like hitting the news and it's really sad. So I wanted to start with this because it's. It's pretty fucked up and sad. Um, so this comes from people.com. Uh, the article says, A three-year-old Kentucky girl is dead after her uncle allegedly slit her throat in front of her siblings last week. Uh, Josephine Bulu Benchy, 
was playing with four of her brothers and sisters on Saturday afternoon when Emmanuel Flutter, or Fluter, uh, her maternal uncle, allegedly grabbed her and slashed her throat. According to Clinton County Sheriff Jim Guffey, the girl's father heard her screams through a baby monitor and ran into the room to find that his brother-in-law had attacked his daughter. Ah, that's just fucking horrible. Uh, jo Josephine's dad was injured as he tried to disarm Fluter. Authorities say Josephine was rushed to the hospital and died the following day. Fluter is 33 and has been charged with murder. He's being held in lieu of one million bond. Uh, according to local TV station WKYT, Fluter was initially charged with two counts of first-degree assault and four counts of wanted endangerment. Uh, when Josephine died, those charges were upgraded to murder. Uh, there's no word on why. Maybe uh, as we continue on, we'll see. Uh, okay. Oh, sad. She was, really, she was really cute. That's sad. When Fluter was first taken into custody, he was allegedly too combative and violent for authorities to get him to take a mugshot. Speaking with reporters, Sheriff Guffey called Josephine's death the most horrendous crime he had encountered during his 15 years on the job. I don't know why I love sentences like that. I hate to make a joke about it because it's a serious case, but when I hear sentences like that, I always imagine like the cops speak because it reminds me of the stupid cliche like detectives like this is the worst thing i've ever seen in my 15 years on the force <laughs> i don't know I, love, I think stupid things like that are funny anyways uh gofundme has been set up to support the bulu benchy family i'm probably saying their last name wrong because it's a very interesting last name bulu benchy or bulu i think it's bulu bulu benchy uh, family and help them trans. I'm just going to leave it to Baloo Benji. Family and help them transport Josephine's body to Michigan for a funeral. And let us now grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The page states, quoting Gal Galatians 6 9 from the Bible. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. God bless everyone. Fluter has not answered a plea, and it is unclear whether he has hired an attorney. So there's no word on why he did what he did. So that's kind of fucking sad. Like, she's only three years old, and she's just barely starting out life. And for some reason, I, that's what pisses me off even more, is that, like, why are you going to harm a child? That, to me, that just means he's a bitch, because he goes for an innocent child who can't really defend themselves. There's no way... Unless you get lucky, but I don't think there's ever really been cases where a child's being attacked without it being lucky and like overcomes its attacker because they're innocent. Their strength compared to a grown full man is, is nothing. And that's just, just fucking pisses me off even more. Like the fact that he has to like do that to the little girl, you know, maybe, maybe we'll hear more about it. Maybe he was like molesting her or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird that my mind. Is that dark and it goes to that? I don't know. But I I feel like there has to be some deeper underlining issue that, you know, whether he's mentally unstable, maybe he's schizophrenic, who knows. Uh, but it's just sad that this little girl, um, just on the cusp of life, um, she's only a year older than my daughter. And, you know, it's just really sad. So on to the next story. Uh, what the?
specific. Oh, here it is. Okay, so a fast food worker laced child's burger with ecstasy. <laughs> this comes from the New York Post. Uh, she took Happy Meals to a whole new level. A fast food worker in Texas was busted for lacing a four-year-old's hamburger with ecstasy, ecstasy that the poor boy thought was candy, according to reports. The kid's older sister found the pill between the buns of the Sonic drive-in kid's meal burger Thursday night in Taylor and told her parents. When she opened the wrapping, she noticed a pill. Being an 11-year-old, she asked her parents if this was candy. Taylor Chief of Police Henry Fluck said, according to the local station, their parents took the meal to the police station where a lab test revealed that it tested positive for MDMA, the drug's active compound, according to the station. Tanisha Dancer, 30, who was allegedly caught with three more pills, was charged with delivery of a controlled substance, possession of a controlled substance, and endangering a child. She was booked at the Williamson County Jail and has since been fired. <laughs> so that's it's, it's almost like that one i don't know if you heard of that st story uh, it was a guy that he was he he was a drug dealer and he was working in the drive through window but he was selling i think cocaine or meth and you had to order like a specific item and that meant like oh okay this guy wants drugs with it too and he was putting the drugs in the bag and i guess somebody who just really wanted just that item got the drugs and they told the police and he got caught <laughs> so okay so this one is um from new york post as well a teacher blames a 15 year old student victim for a fair a married substitute teacher in michigan convicted of sexually assaulting a 15 year old boy was scolded by a judge and a prosecutor during her sentencing wednesday after admitting that she tried to find comfort wherever she could with the illicit affair allison Brittany moran 27 was sentenced to 25 months to 15 years in prison for third degree criminal sexual conduct but not before a prosecutor and judge blasted her for blaming the victim by claiming he initially he initiated the sexual assaults the lansing state journal reports she used her position to gain his trust and she took that and manipulated it into something far more personal gratification Assistant Prosecuting Attorney Steve Kowansky, Kowans, Kowansnik, oh, I'm sorry, that's like a weird last name, Kowansnik, yeah, that's how you say it, anyways, uh, she lured him into an adulterous affair, Morin, a long-term substitute chemistry teacher and a girls soccer coach at Stockbridge High School, was arrested in September of 2017. Months after the 15-year-old boy told his girlfriend about the sexual assaults, a relative of his, later, of his later called police and testified. But Moran's attorney, Sean Carl, insisted the incidents were the culmination of a perfect storm of events for his client, including a miscarriage, a new job within the school district, and an ongoing acrimony with her husband. Uh, Moran has since been punished enough by losing her career and having to register as a sex offender. Oh, boo-hoo. According to Carol, who asked the judge to sentence her to probation? Uh, she's faced alienation, stigma, and shame, Carol said. She's grown from the situation. <laughs> How do you grow from the situation? I won't fuck little like, kids anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not a little kid. He. <sighs> but here's another thing. I'm going to play devil's advocate, okay? 
imagine this. Should, should, okay, I don't know, because maybe people are going to say victim blaming. He's 15 years old, okay? When I was 15 years old, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. Um, most likely, though, I'm 15 years old, and the teacher, I'm not going to lie, she's pretty attractive. She, it's her mugshot. She doesn't have any makeup on. She's not fucking done up, but she's still pretty attractive. If I was 15-year-old him, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd probably sleep with her, yes. Because I don't want to sound like, oh, boys will be boys type of thing. But it's just like, that's like a fantasy, I guess you want to say. But still, you're 15 years old. You know what's right and wrong. If you are truly a good person, because maybe I'm not a good person is what I'm saying. <laughs> but if you're a good person and you know that it's wrong, you would just be like, nah, man, like, nope. But then again, it could also be too that she did manipulate the situation and, you know, one thing led to another no one really knows only they know because it happened between them i'm just saying i i feel like sometimes too like the kids should get in somewhat type of trouble i hate to sound like i'm victim blaming but they you're 15 years old you're not a full-grown adult and no you're not a child though you're somewhere in the middle you do know right from wrong and i do feel like um some type of punishment should be you know like, not particularly in this case, but, like, in certain cases. Like, I remember there was one where I forgot who was involved in it, but it was a, it was a, I think it was a boy sleeping with the teacher. The teacher still did wrong because she still slept with him, but the teacher said no. I don't know. I don't fucking remember, but I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe I am victim blaming, but I just feel like... He's 15 years old. He should know what's right and what's wrong. And yes, she is the one that's power. She has the power and the trust because she's in a higher position of teacher, a trusting position, position of being a teacher. I totally get that. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyways, where did I leave off? Um, okay, she was alienated. She's grown from the situation. Uh, Moran, for her part, apologized to the teen's parents and cited her miscarriage as part of the reason why she slipped away, according to the newspaper. I try to find comfort wherever I could, Moran said. At 27, I will have a lifetime of consequences that will surp surpass any prison time. That apparently struck a chord with Ingham County Circuit Court Judge Joyce. Uh... Dragon Chuck. I'm sorry, I'm not making these words up. That's literally what it says. That apparently struck a chord with Ignum County Circuit Court Judge Joyce Dragon Chuck, who admonished. <laughs> who ad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a terrible reader. Who admonished Morin for preying on a vulnerable victim. I wish so much that you had talked more about the lifetime of consequences he has dragon chuck said he's criticized and judged and he didn't do anything wrong so maybe i am victim blaming i guess maybe i'm just an asshole the assaults have left the teen once an outgoing popular and a jovial kid unrecognizable compared to his former self his mother told the judge she took things from him he'll never get back she said tell me how it's a child's fault that his teacher preyed upon him uh... I don't know about all that. I get it, it's the parent, you know. But I mean, yeah, he's not doing it with an adult woman like how the teacher is. But I'm pretty sure he's having sex with his girlfriend. He's 15 years old. Well, maybe not at that age, but 
you know, like, maybe I am just an asshole because I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not victim blaming. I'm just saying that he knew right from wrong too. He didn't have to go through with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have to go through with it unless she was holding a gun to his head, you know? I don't know. Maybe I, fuck, dude, maybe I am just an asshole. <laughs> um, the boy's mother testified that her son also still carries the guilt of Morin's attempted suicide following her arrest. He's also teased at school, which he now dreads. He's teased at school. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Do I, like, what is he teased about? I feel like every, maybe not the girls, but every guy in class, maybe it's because I am a guy and I'm thinking about it from a guy's point of view. But I feel like nobody would tease him. Who the fuck would tease him? I feel like everybody... Like, you ever seen that episode of South Park? Um, <laughs> when South Park was pretty good. Uh, what is it? Um, it's where Ike is sleeping with his kindergarten teacher. <laughs> and <laughs> when uh, um, Ike's brother, um, Kyle, goes to the police to tell him that he's sleeping with his uh, teacher. Um, they're like, oh, like... So when he first initially says it to the police, they're like, oh, hey, uh, Kyle's like, you got to help my brother. He's sleeping with the teacher. No, you got to help me. Um, there's a teacher sleeping with the student. And the cops all jump up. They're like, what? There's a teacher sleeping with the student? This can't be. And he's like, yeah. Okay, so just, all right, hold down there, Sonny. Just tell us what's going on. And Kyle's like, it's my brother, Ike. He's sleeping with the kindergarten teacher. He's like, wait a second. Your brother Ike sleeping with the kindergarten teacher? Yeah, she's manipulating him. She's taking advantage of him. Wait, the kindergarten teacher? That's that hot one, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it. That's Oh, fuck, she's so hot. And then everybody just starts saying, nice. Nice. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Like, who's going to be fucking teasing for this kid? Like I said, maybe it's just because I'm just coming at it from a guy's perspective and guy's point of view, I feel like they're kind of like blowing it up more than what it is. Like he's being teased. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he's getting like high fives. He's probably in the locker room right now as we speak, like talking about the story of what he did to the teacher, what he get to do. I, I don't really think it's that. I don't feel bad for him is what I'm saying. He got to have his fun. And it's her fault by all means. It is her fucking fault. She chose to sleep with the fucking student. Maybe she was having problems with her marriage and she just saw like this young guy who maybe because you know what I think it is. Um, I don't want to say that like speak for her personally. I'm just saying you know what I think it is. I think it's maybe she was somebody in high school that Maybe she was what you call an ugly duckling. And for if you don't know what an ugly duckling is, it is basically she was very ugly in high school. And she saw, like, I'm going to get cliche, but basically she saw, like, the popular kid in her high school when she was going to high school at the time in him. And so something sparked. Or maybe she is just a fucking pedophile because she is a pedophile regardless of what. But it's just fucking, I think that's kind of what it is. She saw something in that boy that she's willing to risk everything. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's not like I'm saying they should be together, but I'm just saying like there has to be some underlining issue, not just that she's a pedophile or anything, because unless she has like child porn on her computer, you know, at her home or something, but there has to be something that, because she's a teacher and she knows that she's going to get 
fired if she's doing something like this, but yet she still takes the risk, which is very interesting. I, I wish I could speak to her and just interview her like, what were you thinking? You know, like, anyways, so court documents indicate that Morin invited the team to her home in Dansville in April of 2017 after telling him her husband was out of town. She opened the door while wearing only a bra and underwear and an open robe. Ness. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She then took the teen into a spare bedroom where she sexually assaulted him. Uh, she invited the boy back to her house. I hate, I don't know. I hate, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm coming in from a, a guy's point of view. And for my women listeners, I'm, I'm very sorry if this offends you. But it's just it's just very funny to me because take this sentence for exactly. She then took the teen into a spare bedroom where he sexual where she sexually assaulted him. That sentence to me just makes it seem like she like forced him on the bed. And he was like, no, I'm so innocent. I'm, don't do this to me. <laughs> and he's just crying. And he's just, she's, he's just like in the fetal position. I don't really think it went down like that. I'm pretty sure he was willing to fucking, you know. Anyways, she invited the boy back to her house days later and sexually assaulted him a second time. Nice. (laughs) According to court documents. (laughs) In March of 2017, Moran and the teen then started communicating on Snapchat, where the teen said she sent him nude photos of herself. Moran also chatted with other male students on the app, court records shows. He's missing out on his teenage years because of what she did. The boy's mother told Dragon Chuck. Oh no, he's missing out on his teen teenage years. That's what the fucking teenage years are about, man. Not necessarily sleeping with the teacher. Maybe that's just I don't know. <laughs> but that's just uh that's just sad. I d I don't know. Like I feel like it's making more a big deal than what it wants to be. I mean, it's still a serious matter because she's a teacher and she holds some type of power and trust for the students and she broke that trust and manipulated the situation, yes, but it is interesting nonetheless. But to be fair, I do think that uh, women who are sleeping with uh, underage students do get a lighter sentence than I feel like they should be getting the same sentences as if a man who was charged with molesting a child. I feel like they should be getting the same sentence. Sentencing. Well, that's all the time I have today for the midweek madness and this week in crime. Um, so I'm going to announce right now the next episode I'm going to be working on. Oh, sorry, I just need to take a drink of something. My mouth is getting dry. But the next episode I'm going to be working on next Monday will be Charles Chuck Stewart. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to spoil it. So hopefully, you know, you're going to wait for my episode, but it is a good, good story and a good case. It's, oh man, it's a really good case, pretty fucked up case. Um, but it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a bit of a doozy. So stay tuned guys. And just, uh, Hopefully hold out. But if you want to give me an idea for another topic or you want to just reach me, you can do so on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcasts. Or if you want to email me, you can do so at Strange Talk Podcasts at Outlook.com. And you can send me some beautiful, beautiful letters of, hey, what's up? <laughs> or just tell me a, a cold case you want me to discuss or something. If you if you can't really find anything about it and you want me to look into it, I'll be more than happy to do that. 
So just go ahead and do that. So hopefully you enjoyed this week in crime. And as always, stay fucking strange.